0: I think we should go with a good old-fashioned public health care. Uh, yeah. A new disease. No one's immune. It's like the summer of the shark, except instead of a shark, it's an epidemic. And instead of summer, it's all the time. That is...
1: Now, I hate to be the guy who derails what everybody else loves. He loves being that guy. But, Janice, we do have standards. This can't be a made-up disease. The only moral thing to do is release a deadly virus into the general public.
0: We do have something we've been holding on to, but it hasn't been tested. So, we've got our deadly disease no we just have to blame it on something that's in every household something that people are a little bit afraid of already
1: house cat flu is coming people the center for disease disinformation predicts with some degree of probability
0: that the house cat flu might spread what the hell is
1: that hey stone on air if you are not listening to brian stone who has been a fixture in chattanooga for years you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not.
0: I'm so happy I could die. They're like, Brian! Yeah!
1: Brian! <laughs> yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop,
0: turn off the podcast. Stone
1: on air. Stone. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody, to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. Two in a row here in November. Today is November 18th, the year 2020. Uh, Thanksgiving, week away, depending on when you're listening to this. It'll be here soon, regardless of when you're listening to this. And I'm uh, I'm I'm somewhat I don't want to say excited about it, uh, but I do really really enjoy Thanksgiving, and it's obviously very easy to just say, oh yeah, well you don't have to do anything, and all you do is just show up and and you know eat a bunch of food. I mean that's the simplistic way uh, to to put it because that isn't. Not true, right? That is true. You don't have to do anything. A lot of us, most of us, or well, maybe not most, but many of us don't have to do anything. A lot of times, it's uh, it'll be the moms and the dads and the grandparents that'll be doing things, and um, many of us just have to show up. But it is truly, actually, a date on the calendar that I enjoy because I do, I, I do like the idea that for one evening, one afternoon, hell, maybe. I don't know, maybe even the entire day, we all stop being a bunch of assholes for just a little bit, just a little bit. And it's like the one kind of consensus thing, at least from my vantage point and in the, my circles of, of family and friends. It is the one time when everybody kind of collectively, without being told, without being given direction, to just stop being an asshole. <laughs> It works in in my, you know, in my stratosphere, you know, from my vantage point, it generally works itself out. Now, I do know that that's not true everywhere. And I do know that Thanksgiving can also be in Christmas as well, notorious for infighting amongst families, especially around the, um, around the elections, um, certainly, but I've just, I don't, I don't get that. I don't feel that that doesn't happen in my world. And I'm very thankful for that hopefully this year will not be any different okay let's see here Um, I don't have a lot for you informationally here today just a couple of notes to self and uh, I'll go ahead and lay out the uh, the show for you right now you have been warned I'm warning you right now anybody who does not have any concern or care for the game of baseball which I know there are plenty of you out there the final segment of the show I'm going to go over this year or next year's the list of next year's Hall of Fame nominees, uh, the new list, the list of the ones that are just recently eligible, and the holdovers over the years, and um, look at some numbers and just talk a little bit of baseball. Why? Well, p- primarily because there's not a heck of a whole a whole lot else to talk about, and uh, I don't want to do any any you know Biden Trump stuff. I don't want to do any of that. And uh, so there you go. That's why. And it interests me. I enjoy it. And I know some people who listen to this will enjoy it as well, but I know many won't. So you've been warned. You can feel free to check out in the second segment of the show. It could be equally frustrating and boring to some. Um, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. Cause it's just kind of what I do. It's going to be story time <laughs> for a good, probably 15 minutes or so. I did it on the radio show on Monday. So if you happen to listen to that radio show, you would be, um, in a small group, a small club. I don't think there's a lot of listeners, but, um, Anyway, if you did, then this will be not the exact same thing because it's not a, a recording or anything. It's just going to be me telling the story again of my Saturday, how it started, where it went, and how it ended. And for the second week in a row, I've had a Saturday start in a certain way that I could have never imagined how it would have ended by the time Sunday morning and late morning and afternoon rolled around. Both instances, they were uh, very, very nice. Very nice and... uh pleasant surprises of uh, outcomes though still this past weekend had a lev- level of frustration to it that i think will have at least a little bit of entertainment value and i will lay that out for you in the second segment of the show on the front end that was as you probably well could figure out was a uh, a clip from the simpsons television show a show that i fall i fell out of love with so long ago i probably fell out of love with that show at a minimum Of 15 years ago But I might have fallen out of love with that show 20 years ago I'm a South Park guy And to me they revolutionized Adult cartoons And um, I'll have a uh, South Park clip for you here in just a minute As a matter of fact as a nostalgia play But uh, I've stumbled on that Thought it was funny No I don't think COVID's fake uh, But uh, I certainly thought that was worth tagging on the front end and, uh, let's see, um, well, here we are, it's cold again, not really, I know it's not cold yet, but it's chilly, and here goes my hands, and my feet, luckily my feet aren't hurting now, but I have this pain that I've been dealing with, these, like, tingling pains, um, that are very, very debilitating at times, it can be, anyway, been dealing with it for at least a decade and a half, and it really, usually only hits during the winter, and, it's mild today, but just basically in my right hand, imagine what your hand feels like when it falls asleep, you know, like when it's when it's positioned to where we what we call falls asleep, and just imagine it never goes away. <laughs> That's not to the extreme, not when it's at its worst, but take that from a mild case and just think about that being how your hand feels for the entire day. Yeah, it sucks, and it hit me hard today, and it's a little in both hands, um, and I get it in feet, my feet, too. And I have been going to specialists and doctors and uh, doing research on this through the healthcare professionals in my family. And it's like I'm lying to them like that. Nobody has any idea what it is. Um, There are other times when I get symptoms of carpal tunnel. So it's not just one kind of sensation. It's lots of different ones. And I've become so used to it over the years that sometimes I'm hurting and I don't even realize it. Because I'm so used to it, today was a little bit uh, sharper of a, of a hit, and it's been going all damn day long. Um, I've stopped going to see specialists around 2014, a uh, Center for Sports Medicine, uh, another uh, place I can't remember what it was called, and then just regular general practitioners. I mean, I've I've talked to just about everybody, and the, the problem is, is these these are pains that don't last for much longer than like a day, and they just kind of come and go. And so by the time I get in to see somebody, They don't have the pains anymore. Usually, anyway, Uh, that's not been true every time, but that's been true several of the times. And it's just like, uh, sorry, bro, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. And um, I got the shock the shit out of you test, like when they put all the little things all over your arms and hands and then they just literally shock the shit out of you for 30 minutes. Painful as hell. Get done. He's like, yeah, it looks like you might have a mild trace of carpal tunnel, maybe. I'm like, dude, there ain't nothing mild about any of this. And uh, I'm done. So I guess I just now live with this. And it only comes in the winter, generally. Sometimes in the in the summer it can hit, but almost always in the winter. And it makes me dread this time of year. <sighs> and there you go. Um, a couple of price hikes coming. I noticed EPB, the um the internet connection, the EPB FI, they've snuck in a $5 increase. Went from $57.99 to $62.99. Way to go, EPB. Still c- technically is a pretty good price, but, um, I mean, unless maybe I missed something on some kind of charge or something, but it went up and I pay my bill on time every month. So I don't know what it would have been other than a price increase. And then I see Hulu, which is my live TV watching experience, which I do enjoy. And overall, I think it does a pretty good job. They're going to go up about $10 a month. They're already around 60. So I think it's going to get up to closer to 70. Now we're starting to talk about having old school cable might not be such a bad idea, if they continue to price me out of um, of these services. So, I mean, if I'll never get priced out of, you know, Internet, now it's turned into a necessity. But anyway, heads up on that. Highway 27 going downtown is smooth sailing. Boy, I, I don't go through there anymore every day because I don't work down there anymore every day. I work in the hell hole that is the industrial park over in Volkswagen Drive just down from Utah. It's a nightmare out there. My God, I hate working out there. It is, my quality of life Monday through Friday has plummeted having to drive to that absolute shithole. And it's not a shithole. It's nice as hell, but it sucks so bad. I miss downtown. I miss Broad Street. Um, but anyway, I was headed downtown for parts of what I was doing this weekend, which I'll talk about next next segment. And so I haven't seen it in a while. And all the lanes are wide open, smooth sailing. brand-new signs are up. Main Street, Carter Street signs. Man, it's, it looks good. It looks good. And after driving through that mess for upwards of four years – as they lane shifted and worked on that you know, nonstop, it's nice to, at least aesthetically and, and also just functionality, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's good to go. Now I drive through. So that's done, right? I sit through all that crap for all these years. And as soon as that's done, now I have to drive through the 2475 mess every day twice. So now I'm going to have to sit through that crap for the next two or three, four years if I make it that long. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? I don't think that I do for now. I do not. So let's play a couple cuts of audio here. We'll wrap this up and, uh, have story time. So these have no rhyme or reason or or anything other than just, I just, I'm scrolling through everything like everybody else is. And when I see something I like, I tag it, I come back, I grab the audio and I play it today. Um, we'll start off with speaking of South park. This is from the movie bigger, longer and uncut the, um, Major motion picture they released with, you know, complete R-rated, you know, no no filters. And this was 20 years ago. Gratuitous profanity and just foulness all the way around from a cartoon was not really a thing. Now it's the norm, especially, you know, Adult Swim stuff. But then it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that... Bart Simpson saying, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you on a t-shirt was like the most appalling thing that Southern women had ever seen their young, you know, young sons uh, talking about or seen on TV. My God, how the world changes so fast. Anyway, I stumbled on this and just had to play it because it's great.
0: Did you just say the F word? You? No, he's talking about fuck. You can't say fucking school, you fucking fat ass. Kyle. Why the fuck not? Eric. Dude, you just said fuck again. Stanley. Fuck! Kenny. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. How would you like to go see the school counselor? How would you like to suck my balls? <gasps> what did you say? Uh, I- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... <clears throat> How would you like...
1: I remember when it came out, I was just like jaw on the floor like this is the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. And uh, there you go. So let's move on here. This is not new audio from Bill Maher, but it was kind of the middle or the tail middle to tail end of this that I thought was the most interesting part of it. Not as much the very beginning of it, but here it all is anyway. Well, you have to look at the people who voted for him. I mean, it's
0: depressing to think that you share the country with so many people who you share nothing with. Um, You know, Donald Trump is a reflection. And what we learned is that there's a lot of vulgar, tacky racist people in this country, more than I thought. I knew there was some. But it's the proverbial lifting up of a rock, and what we found when we lifted it up was a basket of deplorables. And I know they hate that term, but if the basket fits, and it does. I mean, have you ever seen one of his rallies? It's just a completely fact-free assessment of this country, the problems facing it, and his always constitutionally impossible solutions. It's funny, the internet was supposed to make us smarter, but it just served
1: as a seal. What for knowledge to get in? Sorry, what jumped out to me there was that very end. The internet was supposed supposed to make us smarter. It's supposed to be the gateway to the information superhighway. We're supposed to be able to use this as a tool to be enlightened, to, uh, to clear up ignorance, to, to answer all the questions in the world that, that, that have an answer that is available through this amazing invention. And that's not happened. If anything, it's gone backwards, and it's poisoned minds, and it's put a lid on information and a cap on on quality, uh, uh, content and and information and distribution of all these things, and it's it's opened up so many worlds of fact free, factless and completely just made up out of thin air conspiracy and otherwise it is it's amazing to me i want to do a deeper dive into this someday looking at some of the numbers and uh i I think it'd it'd be an incredible you know research project research study to see how this has happened like this i mean we all kind of have an idea of why but there's always a a more complicated answer to that question that's that's what grabbed me the most of course Bill Maher doesn't like Trump. I mean, who didn't know that? And give you any information you didn't know there. Um, but uh, anyway, there was that. And the final one for this segment, and it's going to have a lot to do with what I do on the radio show tomorrow. This comes from TikTok talking about the national debt, where money does and doesn't go, who's going to pay the debt, those kinds of things.
0: The United States is $27 trillion in debt. Do you know who pays back $27 trillion in debt? Nobody. That amount of money doesn't exist on the planet, probably in liquid assets. And the dollar doesn't have anything to back it up, so it's just inflated and deflated artificially. But we can't do anything about universal healthcare like a developed country or absolve student debt. That would just add to the debt. Bitch, the debt is never getting paid back. But there's always money for banks and tanks, always money to... Upkeep the military installations in countries that didn't ask us to be there. Always money to fund both a dictator and a rebel militia group in the exact same country so we can profit off the oil resources. Always money to give the police force in the country taser shields while we give hospital staff trash bags during a global pandemic. You all deserve better.
1: He's not wrong. You might not like his uh, snarky approach, but whoever that dude is... He's not wrong. All right. No more on that. No reason to dive into anything that matters anymore for the next little while or the next rest of the show, for that matter. On Saturday, the second week in a row that I've blasted from the past, the quote-unquote good old days when I could just leave the house and have no care or concern of when I get back. I'll... Tell you about the most recent adventures Coming up next More of Stone On Air coming up I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo At stoneonair.com
0: Dude where's my car? Where's your car dude? Dude where's my car? Where's your car dude? Dude where's my car? Where's your car dude? Did I drive last night? I think so. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. (laughs) Dude, where's your car? (laughs) Dude, it's not funny, dude. The car is gone. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, where's my car? (laughs) Shut up, dude. Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude?
1: Of course, from the classic Ashton Kuchner movie, Dude, Where's My Car? This is Blackberry Smoke.
0: Will not fall from grace was a sight to see. Could turn to bad bad turn to
1: misery. Absolutely love this band and I love this song. and Ain't much left of me. And all I asked they were at so AT&T Field on Saturday afternoon of all times at 4 o'clock. much left to me. So if you like Leonard Skinnerd, then you it's impossible for you not to like Blackberry Smoke. And same as if you love Leonard Skinnerd like I do, it's should be impossible for you to not love Blackberry Smoke. They're basically the same band just in two different eras. And don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not using this uh, this analogy or comparison as a way to uh, to put these two bands on on all time rock and roll or music levels, I'm just giving you a way to kind of think about it. If if Leonard Skinner is Michael Jordan, right? Of this of what we're talking about, of what we're you know what this level is, this genre of music. If Leonard Skinner is is Michael Jordan, then then Blackberry Smoke is LeBron James. They're making the same music. To the same constituents, same customer base, the same people, just in two completely different eras, and they both do it a little differently, but they both do it really, really well for what they're trying to accomplish, right? So don't, 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 don't confuse it with saying that Leonard Skinner's one of the greatest bands ever, and so is Blackberry Smoke. Not even kind of; they're not, they're not even in that conversation. But of the genre, they are. And I, so I, when I saw that they were going to be playing at the the ball field. Um, I just couldn't not go. I tried to not go because I'm trying not to spend money as much as possible for various reasons. Many of them obvious. Some of them, you know, not as obvious. But and it was a little expensive. It was not a it was not a cheap ticket. It was not a cheap anything. And I didn't have any connections. The beer company had no connections. The radio had no connections. Uh, I had nothing. So it was going to be pulling the full freight. And so I I tried to talk myself out of it. But then that Saturday rolled around. And um, it was gorgeous. It was so pretty out. It's on the 14th of November, so just this past weekend. And the idea of sitting inside of a of a ballpark, a stadium, and then seeing a band I really liked, I just you just, I just can't I can't not do that. <laughs> like, it's impossible for me to pass that up. The only drawback would have been, and it always is in the case with that that band and Leonard Skinner, is that their their clientele of the fan base isn't exactly my wheelhouse. Um, it's it's a it's a lot of what you would expect, and I, I I'm a you know I've got a lot of redneck DNA in me, but these days that that world is kind of taken a, a deep dive and been quite emboldened, and I don't like to be around them as much. I love the music, but I don't necessarily love the people that are there. But I do love some of them because again, this is a very good band. Like Blackberry Smoke is not just a bunch of all shucks. This ain't Hank Williams Jr. singing family tradition. This is this is quality stuff, and so I. I but I can put up with that. I can put up with that completely because there's a lot of cross pollination. It's not just those types. There's plenty of of fun, cool people that are involved in a Blackberry Smoke show, a traditional one. This one was a little not traditional, obviously, with a socially distanced, oddly configured, odd start time. Like everything about it was weird. None of it, none of it felt um, at all like anything I'd ever really done before. But it, it was, it was fun from the jump. It was fun from the minute that I decided to go and I called a friend of mine who is uh, one of the rare types that every now and again will, you know. Just say, yeah, sure, I'll go to a show at four o'clock that I wasn't planning on going to three hours before. Most people pretty much have already had their minds made up. But let's jump into it, all right? First, let me preface by saying I didn't do anything illegal. Nobody I was around did anything illegal. None of us did anything uh immoral that I know of. No nobody did anything dangerous. Nobody did anything to be ashamed of. So we'll just get that out there right up right right up front. That doesn't mean it wasn't stupid things done and ridiculous things done, and uh, and nonsense sprinkled in. There's plenty of that. There's always plenty of that. No Good Party doesn't have any of that. So grab a drink at uh, Mellow Mushroom to kill a minute or two before the show starts. Head up to uh, the ballpark. I don't like how the configuration is, so we're just kind of standing up in the in the concourse area over by towards where the Beer Garden would be if you were going to a game. It wasn't open. You couldn't go over there, but we were as close as you could get, and we had this little corner that was no big deal, just kind of hang out right there. And we're chit-chatting and listening to the music, and I get a text from a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in years. It might be a half decade since I last talked to Jason, right? His nickname is Lefty. So when I refer to Lefty, he's the only one I know before that night for the rest of this story. So just trying to make sure we're on the same page. And um, I used to go to shows, not like, hey, me and Lefty got in the car and drove to a show together, but we would be at the same shows constantly with lots of uh, mutual friends and uh, panic, several for sure panic. I'm sure a couple of dead shows, Bonnaroo, no doubt, uh, several times, decade, decade and a half ago or so, him and uh, a bunch of, lots of my friends would call me in the middle of the night when I'd be doing graveyard overnight shifts at KZ 106 and I'd play the Grateful Dead and I'd... Uh, regularly play back the, the phone calls when they would call me on the station foot line and I'd record them and play it back like, you know, they are having a party and all this stuff. So uh, we go way back in, in a kind of a, I don't want to say partying scene because it wasn't always partying, but I guess it probably basically technically was. Anyway, I get a text saying, hey, man, we're in box 305, luxury box, luxury suites there at the, the lookout stadium. If you're here, come by and come by and see it. Come by and say, hey. And I was like, hell yes. Hell yes. I'm always looking for a perk. I'm always looking for an upgrade. And luckily, I usually can find one, and I once again did. So we went up there and um, hung out for 30, 40 minutes or so during the show, and it was fine. But it wasn't the perfect spot to catch every bit of the show, so we just decided to go get a drink and go back down closer and listen to some more of the band closer. And this, at this point, it's almost over. I mean, it started at 4. It ends at 5.30, 5.45, something like that, as the sun's starting to set. And uh, my friend Eric says he's out, so he takes off. And then I'm getting texts from Lefty's wife, who if I had met in the past, I forgot, but uh, which I apologize for, but now I know her now. And she was like, hey, where'd you go? Did you leave? I'm like, no. Uh, she's like, I want you to meet somebody. One of my friends. And I thought... Okay. <laughs> if this is a normal setting in real life when I'm sober and I'm just doing regular life things, I usually say, yeah, no thanks. Uh, maybe later, you know, we'll see how it happens. But after a couple of drinks, a fun concert, you know, social setting, well, hell yeah, I'm down for this. See you in a minute. So I went back up to the to the box and I meet her friend and she's lovely and this is nice, and we're talking and all of us are chit-chatting. It's just fun. Show ends. For some reason, there's like no staff at the stadium. We're able to just stay in the box for, I don't know how long, but it got way dark. And we had plenty of beers and we're just drinking and talking and hanging out. When you go to a lookouts game and you get a box, you are gone. That game's over. They're hustling you out. They're paying the bills. They're pushing you out. None of that. None of that. I don't know if that was just because the Friends of the Festival had complete control over the staff, maybe, and they were, they were responsible for paying the staff members and probably just let everybody go early because they were trying to save every penny they can. Probably very likely what did happen. But so we just stayed until, I guess, eventually they just decided they want to go. Well, I start to figure out over the course of this short period of time that this group of people, mainly couples, older than me, probably 45 to 50 years old, have a like a party bus that dropped them off earlier and it's they paid and have it set up to where they come and pick them up afterwards. So this was kind of like a middle age couples out, night out dropping some pretty serious cash on a box and a, and a, a, a bus and, and drinks and food and all this stuff. And um, these are all, I notice as I'm kind of hanging around, th- these aren't really my types. I, I can co-mingle with anybody. I can be a chameleon. I can get along with anybody. But even Lefty, he kind of looks like he's graduated into kind of that golf-playing lifestyle, middle-aged, you know, married man with kids kind of thing. Everybody's got their really high-dollar you know, golf polos on, their visors, their Titleist gear. Uh, it is Masters weekend after all. And... um, then there's me in my teal blue undershirt with a hemp house green, terribly unmatched uh, short sleeve over it with my John Deere hat on, my Chuck Taylor all-stars on, and my you know traditional de- denim <laughs> my chain wallet, right? So, I mean, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things are not the same. Um, the, uh, the friend of Lefty's wife that I was now spending a little bit of time with talking with, she was my age. We were the youngest of this group. And somehow over the course of leaving the stadium, I'm getting talked into getting on the bus and leaving with them and going back to Ultois to somebody's house. My car's t- 10 blocks down the road. My house is 10 miles from where we stand I can go anywhere. It's 6.30 at night. 7, I can go grab dinner. I can go grab some drinks. I'm not bombed out of my head. We just got started a couple hours before that. But I was a little sauce, and I was having a nice time. And so, uh, okay, I'm walking outside. All right, okay, I guess. Let's go. And I get on this damn bus, (laughs) okay? This thing is designed for sorority, or sorority, uh, uh, bachelorette parties, or bachelor parties, or birthday parties uh, of middle age types that just want to be driven around, and and um, you know they got a big sound system inside with the running lights, you know, like the blue and red, yellow and orange flashing, changing lights on the inside. Uh, the cranking as we drive all the way out to Ottawa. Def Leppard and Journey Don't Stop Believing and Van Halen or whatever the hell else and it was just a typical a couple of them standing couple sitting we got beers all over the place in there and so me and this uh, young lady that I'm you know hanging out with we're sitting in the back and we're probably getting a, a little fresh as they would call it and uh, she dumps a beer all over the seats and all over me <laughs> and, um, and then a few minutes later she dumps another one and I don't mean just like part of it like All of it. There's booze everywhere. I think in the end, three open beers ended up getting kicked over. So my guess is there might be certain people on this bus wondering what the hell's up with these idiots, or at least with me. Okay, got to remember, I wasn't exactly like, everybody wasn't polled and asked whether they wanted this stranger to come out to whoever's house we're on our way to. So I think that's where things started to get a little dicey. So we take this drive. All the way out to Ottawa, which from downtown is a hall, but then get on Snow Hill Road and go what feels like a hundred damn miles. I don't know how far down it went. I used to go up and down Snow Hill Road so many times. I knew it like the back of my hand, but that was 25 years ago. This was a, uh, ended up, I found out later on, a gated community all the way down by past the golf courses near the lakes and all that. And, um, that's just, that's a haul. All right. So now I'm a long ways away from my car. I'm a, which I didn't need to be driving, obviously, but still, you know, it, it is a case of a little bit of like, oh no, where am I, dude? Where's my car? Right. So we get to we stop and get some booze, and you know, just some just six packs of beer and white claws and stuff like that, and then we go to the uh, to the house that we're going to. I still don't know whose house it was, but there, I I would venture to guess and i'm not good at this but i i feel pretty good about it that there wasn't a house on this in this subdivision that was less than a half a million dollars and it might be more like closer to three quarters like this place was immaculate and while i didn't see the entire property the every room in the house i did the little i saw there was a big theater room like the big huge monster screen with these massive reclining chairs set up in like a theater home theater style thing like this was legit and um this was this was nowhere near what i am used to so we're just hanging around in the kitchen for the most part you know everything's fine i'm trying to hit on the you know the young lady she's she's into me we're having a nice time we're just we're it's it's nothing really all that crazy except for there was an incident where we ended up in a bathroom and, uh, things got to potentially, uh, crazy and I don't really know what happened, but next thing I know people are barging in and, uh, whatever was about to happen, didn't. And, uh, I just, I don't know how all that went because I was starting to get a little blitzed and, um, I, I just don't know. All I know for sure is, is that I could tell at the time. And then when I reevaluated the next day, I could tell that I think there was a level of distrust with most of the people in the room and me. And I don't know how good of friends the young lady with me was with everybody there. I think she's pretty close with most of them. And I think there was almost kind of like, we need to save her from him kind of thing. And I was picking up on that vibe pretty quick. Um, I, I ignored it at first because I was just kind of eyes on the prize, if you will. But then after a while, as I noticed, I was I was being you-know-what blocked by virtually everybody. And I finally just said to myself, uh, self It'd be best if you're not here anymore. I don't I don't think anybody's going to be uh, terribly upset if you announce to the room that you're going to grab an Uber and and head out. So that's what I did. Nothing but nothing happened. There was no no confrontation. I didn't steal any of their stuff. I didn't, you know, mess any of their stuff up. I wasn't that kind of misfit. But I still was a fish in a whole different pond out there and uh it was it was a fun you know kind of uh case study of just uh socio-economical statuses but so I, uh, I i called a uber and i I don't do uber all that often and I was you know a little little drunk and I couldn't I was having trouble figuring out whether it was it was picking up correctly uh, I knew it probably was but I was just self-doubting so I just said I'm going outside see you later everybody. Again, I still don't know whose house it was. That wasn't my friend's house. That was just somebody else's. And so I'm thinking, I don't know where the hell I am. I'm just standing out in front of this house. I put I I then I get a call from the Uber, who's 20 miles away when I when I placed the uh the request. So it took a little while. And then I get a call saying, Hey, there's a gate. I can't get in. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to go back in there. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know where the gate is. I, for all I know, I could be a mile deep in this this neighborhood, this subdivision. These things are huge out here in Ottawa. So I just start stumbling around, walking around through the neighborhood. You just remember half million, three quarter million dollar properties. It's like nine thirty at night because again, the show started at four, and I just just this this scumbag looking from <laughs> Main Street downtown or Ringgold Road Eastridge is just stumbling around our neighborhood. Luckily, I guessed the correct turn, right or left or whatever, and all it was like the heavens shine down. There's the gate. Oh, there it is. And I get over there. Of course, I don't. I can't figure out how to get it open or how to get around it. I was trying to maybe climb it. And I just I pried the damn thing open and squeezed my fat ass through. Got in the Uber. It took me home. I face planted as soon as I got home because I woke up at five or six o'clock in the morning. And couldn't fall back asleep because I was just like, what in the hell did I just do? And uh, felt pretty good because I didn't drink any liquor. Was, we were just drinking White Claw and light beer. I mean, there's only so bombed you can get, at least for me anyway. And uh, and then I started to try to piece it all back together. And I thought, yeah, I'm that guy. And, and Lefty, my friend, is that guy in the group that's going to be getting text messages the next day saying, who in the hell did you bring to my house you son of a bitch i guarantee you that's what happened but i'm not mad at any of them I'd hang out with them all again because i don't blame them i've been in that setting many times as a matter of fact not not recently but many times where a weekend evening of drinking turns into a hey let's go jam around the fire at so-and-so's house who's where are we going oh hey we're going to brian's let's go to brian's and then inevitably every time something like that happens there's going to be one or two potentially people that are in that group that weren't invited initially that just kind of infiltrated through somebody else and then now you've got strangers at your house and most people don't like that and I've had a couple of times where the next day I had to call up somebody or text I'm like are you you a bleeping idiot what the hell are you doing why are you bringing that piece of garbage to my house I've done that before I feel like this was kind of a case of That, but it was fun. I would do it again, and um, that's the kind. I don't want to do that kind of stuff every weekend, because I used to do that kind of stuff closer to every weekend. I don't want that all the time, by any means. But every now and again, it's nice to have the freedom to be able to have that kind of unexpected, unplanned, unrehearsed experience. And I enjoyed my night, Saturday night. And Blackberry Smoke, I don't care what anybody says. I get made fun of by so many people, because they are pretty red and they have such a redneck following, I love this band. Love, 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 love this band. Hope I wasn't unclear about that. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame, and who might or might not get in next year to wrap up the show next.
0: Well, my fall from grace was a sight to see. Nobody even cared what became.
1: exactly what I wanted to hear next year for example Kurt Schilling he was at about 70 percent Joel he seems like he's going in so we'll at least get one in there so what did you take from the results that you saw and then also looking forward to next year no slam dunk candidates next year for first ballot is there
0: Uh, no so I think a few things jumped out at me number one What begins to happen when ballots get less crowded with kind of obvious guys? I think the other thing that can't be ignored is this human emotion of as a guy gets closer to the 10-year limit of, I don't want to be the guy who cost this borderline guy the Hall of Fame. And that's why I think you see like Edgar Martinez went up at the end. That's why I think you saw how Larry Walker went up. So I think as some of these people move towards the end. What will happen where people's human nature steps in and says, I don't want to be the guy who cost this guy the Hall of Fame. Does that even happen to characters like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens? Because if it doesn't, they're really in our hands. Because I think the expectation is that no veterans committee, no special committee is going to put those guys in. So they're going to get in with us, or they're not going to get in. You know what happened on the old
1: this is Strung Like a Horse. For gold know, in your soul, gold, got their soul. gold
0: in their soul. It ain't gonna quit me, and I've also seen hate in those that I know, but even them got gold in their And
1: I've even seen hate in some of those that I know, but even them got gold in their souls. They're the real deal, guys and gals. You likely already know that. Between them and Nick Lutzko, we got some serious players in the entertainment. At least from an in- independent, but independent is more mainstream these days. It's great stuff! The new record is so good, so well done recorded. You can tell, you know, the difference between their old stuff recorded in a lesser studio and this, you know, Music Row in Nashville. This is not a uh, Recording from the new album. This is a a live from Jam in the Van. A live, uh, incredible live cut from Nashville at the Americana Awards about a year ago or so. It is great. It is really, really, really good. All right. So, as I mentioned, if you're still here, then you must have a little bit of care about baseball or you just haven't gotten up and gone and turned it off yet. Um, Real quick off-topic. Um, I just took a breather to go, uh, throw something in the oven and, um, and, and make a drink real quick. I'm actually making great time. It's early on a Tuesday. I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute and then assemble it all together later on in a few hours. But, uh, I had the TV on and it seems like there's two or three, four, however many there are Christmas commercials, primarily from the auto, auto world, from auto manufacturers, from, uh, like Honda is one for sure, I know, that does it year after year. Lexus um, and GMC, certainly, because that's the one I just saw, the, the Christmas commercials. You know, buy a buy your sweetie, buy your wife, buy your girlfriend, uh, buy your husband a new car for Christmas. Uh, I, somebody tells me the, the people I was hanging out with over the weekend, they maybe would buy cars for Christmas presents, but... Nobody in the socioeconomical world that I live in are buying anybody cars uh, for for Christmas. So maybe primarily because their target audience is pretty small, they don't want to spend a lot of money on re, uh, reproducing and writing and uh, delivering new commercials every year. Some of these are re- just recycle the same Christmas commercials. Lexus for sure, the Happy Honda Days, that one ran for years. I don't know if they still do that one or not. And this stupid ass GMC truck commercial where dude, I mean, it's so annoying. Dude buys two, what looks to be at a conservative guess, $60,000 trucks, 60,000 double cab tricked out bells and whistles, you know, to the max GMC pickup trucks, one for him and one for his wife and then they walk outside. One's red and one's black. And he's chosen the black one from him, him and the red one for her. And she runs out, oh, and she puts her hair, arms around the uh, whichever one, the black one, I guess. She's like, "I love this one." He's like, "Oh no, no, actually, that's, it's like I, I love it." No, like such a snotty, snarky, stupid asshole commercial. Like, are you kidding me? I just dropped. <laughs> on a couple of trucks, and you're going to tell me which one I'm going to get as opposed to take the gift I got you? Every year I see that commercial, and I think, who is driven to buy their products with this stupid-ass commercial? All right, that's it. (laughs) That's all I got on that one. So the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame has announced the first-time eligible for the Hall of Fame for next year's class, Class of 21, and it is nothing to get excited about. But then I started looking at some of the names that were still left to get in, and I don't I don't spend a, a ton of time caring about this. I do believe that it is important to a certain degree because I am such a baseball historian. I'm not a historian, but I, I really um, – I really value and pay attention to, and do know a lot about the history of the game and the numbers and all the cliched stuff that's gone gone along with you know the, the American national pastime for one hundred and twenty years. And I I do think it matters. I think it's important, and I, it matters to me anyway. And I like debating the numbers, and 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 this is really a debate show topic. Doesn't do as well for just one guy talking into a mic to, uh, you know, a half dozen people who are still here listening. But I figured I'd take a look at it for just a couple of minutes and uh, wrap things up here shortly. So on the um, on the list for first-time eligible, and these are just – first of all, I didn't know some of these were these guys had even retired at all. Like, there's a couple you could have – I could have – you said, hey, do you think that person's retired? And I'd say, I don't know, let alone five years, because what is the eligibility to be on the ballot for the Hall of Fame – to be on the ballot, a player must have played in 10 big league seasons and have had been retired for five years. So that's it. You just had to have a decently lengthy career. Ten years is a pretty long time in Major League Baseball. Uh, it is. Fifteen, and you you're, you really put in some time. Ten 10's a lot. And then you have to be retired five years out. To get in the Hall of Fame, you need 75% of the vote, and it's the Baseball Writers Association of America – that votes on this. It's not a Major League Baseball sanctioned thing. It's not even a you know Hall of Fame sanctioned thing. It is a uh, the W or excuse me the BWAA Baseball Writers Association of America. And there are some real pretentious pricks that are in the uh, in in that association. And uh, I like a lot of them, and I want them to be a little pretentious. I want them to scrutinize this very very closely, and not just just any old Yahoo getting in. But unfortunately, that's what's been happening a lot recently and it's it's really watering down the club and it's uh it's it's thinning out the historic nature of it to a certain degree not terribly but you know if, if anybody can get in it doesn't matter like it's not as important and that's that's a, the nfl hall of fame basically if you played for 10 years nfl you're a hall of famer because n- almost nobody can make it that long numbers don't matter longevity matters there nba or basketball hall of fame is not even the nba hall of Fame. It's the National Basketball Hall of Fame. That includes college, coaches, NBA, uh, international. It is a Hall of Fame for people who just played organized basketball, which is you know kind of its own unique kind of thing, but very different. Baseball, you know, you don't just get in. It's, they reference it as the, the Hall of Very Good. The Hall of Very Good is a very, very big club as well. You just don't get anything for that. So the names on here are Mark Burley. He was a very good pitcher for many years. He's very much a Hall of Very Good. A.J. Burnett, not a chance. Michael Kadire, like he's a guy could, I could have guessed he was still playing. Dan Heron was fine, but no chance. Latroy Hawkins, that guy went out and took a gas can to the to the, to the the pitching mound and out of relief for the last 10 years of his career and destroyed games left and right. Torrey Hunter is on the fence, but I'd still say no. Aramis, Aramis Ramirez is a very much a Hall of Very Good. Nick Swisher, no business being on this list. Shane Victorino, the Hawaiian, flying Hawaiian, no chance. Very good, no chance, though. Barry Zito, and then he is so dear to me. I love this man as much as I've loved any person who's ever played baseball. Tim Hudson, played for the Braves for nine years, played 17 overall years, hit 222 wins, a 3.49 ERA. He had over 3,000 innings pitched. And over 2,000 strikeouts, four all-star game appearances. Those are some really, really nice numbers. Really nice. As a matter of fact, they're very good, meaning Hall of very good. Mark Burley, same ballpark. 214, he was a White Sox for primarily his career. 214 wins, 160 losses, 3,000 innings pitched, almost 2,000 strikeouts, so he didn't strike out nearly as many as uh, Hudson did, a 3.81 ERA, almost 4 ERA. That's that's really solid, really good over the course of 16 years, very much the hall of very good. Um, and so that's where all these stand. But here's where the problem comes in. Here's where the problem comes in. Harold Baines, well, I'll come back. I'll do pictures since I'm only talking pictures so far. Burt Bylevin got in about five or six years ago. 22 years as a starting pitcher in the league, 287 wins. So that's pretty strong, almost 300. But 250 losses. He was 30 games away from being a 500 pitcher. A 3.31 ERA, that's that's pretty, that's solid. Almost 5,000 innings pitched. And pushing 4,000 strikeouts, 3,700 with two all-star game appearances. So what puts him over and doesn't put Tim Hudson and Burley into the same category is he just pitched so damn much with so many complete games and and 60 career shutouts. So that's kind of what put him over the top and being 13 away from 300. But that kind of waters it down. With these other first-timers, the hitters, Torrey Hunter and Aramis Ramirez, have basically the same numbers, 18, 19 years in, batted high 200s. 300-plus home runs, handful of all-star games. You know, I just, other than Torrey Hunter, had nine gold gloves, which is pretty impressive. But that just still screams of Hall of very good. And then I went back and looked at who's eligible. You can only be uh, on the ballot for 10 years. So that's giving guys like Kurt Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, who else, da, 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 who's on their final year, uh, Sammy Sosa, next year will be their final year. And they're not getting in because of uh, the steroid allegations, I wouldn't think, even though they're up to 60%. So they're getting a lot more votes, roughly 60% for almost all of those that I just mentioned. Of the ones that are not under that cloud of suspicion, Kurt Schilling, 20 years, 216 wins, 3.46, 3,000 innings pitch, 3,000 strikeouts, six all-star games. That's strong, but... Boy, he might make it because he got seventy percent of the vote last year, and he needs seventy-five. He might get it, and because of a watered-down ballot, he might it might work out for him. Omar Vizquel is the other position player that has been on it for a while. Twenty-four years, two seventy-two. Excuse me. Hold on. Yeah, two seventy-two batting average. Eighty home runs. Eighty home runs is all he ever had, and he topped out in two thousand two with fourteen home runs. Guess who was also topping out at 2002 with home runs? The whole steroid era in 2001-2 were exploding in home runs, and Omar Vizquel at 14, but he never, he was never in any whispers or anything like that. Billy Wagner, I think, should get in. He's got 422 saves, 16 years. Todd Helton, I think it's, he's only getting 29% of the vote. I'm surprised that he's not higher. 17 years in the league, 316 batting average. 369 home runs for a career. I would have thought it would be more than that, actually. Uh, let that, that, uh, and Andrew Jones, my guy, of course, I'm partial because he's a brave. 254 lifetime average. That's what's dinging him the most. That's a little low. 434 home runs, 1,200 RBIs, five all-star games, 10 gold gloves uh, awards, 10 in a row from 1998 to 2007. And the biggest thing working against him is that how it ended. It all just fell off the planet. It just dropped off the face of the earth when he signed with the Dodgers in 2008. He's only getting 19% of the vote. He likely will not ever get in. He just doesn't get the national love. And uh, there you go. That's just a little quick skim. I'm going to do some more of this on the radio tomorrow. And um, that'll be next year. Again, no reason to do that. It would be better to do it with a, a, a debate kind of thing. But there you go. I also like talking baseball whenever I get the chance. This is the Stone on Air podcast. The radio show is on Radio 92.7, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 a.m. If you can find that on your dial, which is probably not very likely because it's a small signal, go right ahead. I'd appreciate that. If not, nougaradio.com. You can get it there. There's not an app proper. There's some kind of something. I don't know what the hell it is. You'll have to ask somebody else. I can't remember. But um, there you go. That's it. I'm done. Love you to death be trying to do another one next week. Should be able to, right before Thanksgiving. We'll see how that goes. And uh, that's it. Love you to death.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> the water.